if by some chance you think that there's some background noise or you think it's being noisy, I'm going to put it on you to hit your mute button. I know last time everybody was talking over top of each other. And what are you saying? Don't. I'm- Talk over speak? I don't know what to do. Yeah, like, or like, you're not talking at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> all right. All at once. Yeah, what should we, we all try to talk at the same time? <laughs> Basically, do what you're doing now. Yeah. All right. So that didn't work. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> this is episode 205 of Bourbon Pursuit. And we only have a little bit of news to go through today because. It's the Bourbon Community Roundtable, which is all about the news. Old Forrester Birthday Bourbon is out of the gate. It's typically one of the first ones we see and hear about during the fall release season. Well, I guess it's that time because the 2019 edition, the specs have come out and it's going to feature an 11-year-old 105 proof expression, which is the highest proof to date. A total of 120 barrels were distilled on May 15th, 2008 and aged on the second floor of Warehouse I. Master Distiller Chris Morris and Master Taster Jackie Zykin, who have both been featured on the show previously talking about birthday bourbon, selected and proofed this year's limited edition. The 2019 Old Forester Birthday Bourbon is going to be offered at an MSRP of $99.99, and roughly 13,200 bottles will be available for purchase nationwide. Well, this episode, it's a doozy. The first half of this episode is focused on the largest Facebook site known for buying, selling, and trading bourbon. And really, it's kind of a necessary evil because that's how valuations are come, really how they're created. But this is also a little pretty controversial in the underground sort of bourbon community because people thought there were ulterior motives involved. Just want you to know, we try to be respectful and come at this from a very journalistic approach. We cover the news, and the big news of this week was the letters of the admins that received them from Bourbon Secondary Market, and they got these from Facebook officials. So don't get me wrong, there's still plenty of places on Facebook where you can get your hands on these goods, but this was a very high-profile page, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. In the second half of the show, we are joined by Marion Eves as she discusses her departure from Castle and Key and what's on the horizon for her in her next adventure. Like I said, this show has a little bit of everything. Oh yeah, and there's a teaser about marijuana with bourbon at the end, which you can look forward to hearing more about next week. With that, let's hear from our good friend Fred Minnick with Above the Char. I'm Fred Minnick and this is Above the Char. The box came into my office like any other box. The FedEx man dropped it off. I cut it open. I ripped it out and I pulled a bottle out. But the excitement that I felt when I saw the bottle was far different than when I usually get a 90-proof bottle or some new product from one of the big distilleries. This one had etched in the label, bottled in bond. It was Catoctin Creek, a rye whiskey out of Virginia. I set it next to other bottle in the bond whiskeys on my shelf. George Dickel, bottle in the bond Tennessee whiskey. Dad's Hat, bottle in the bond Pennsylvania whiskey. Tom's Foolery, bottle in the bond Cleveland bourbon. It's made in the Cleveland area. And as I looked at these on my shelf, I couldn't help but feel the pride just overwhelming in my soul. You had bottle and bond from Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. It was absolutely phenomenal, especially when you consider that 10 years ago, the bottle and bond was almost extinct. You really only saw about 15 bottles on the shelf, and those were mostly from Heaven Hill. But as bourbon started becoming more popular and as rye became more popular, 
you had one particular brand ambassador who was going around the world telling people about Bottle and Bond. He's covered in tattoos, plays bluegrass music, wears belt buckles, and can tell you anything you want to know about bourbon history. His name is Bernie Lubbers. He's one of these guys that has the passion of a thousand bourbon reps, and that's because he knows his stuff, but more importantly, he believes it. And it's of my opinion that if it was not for Bernie out there discussing the heritage and importance of bottled and bond whiskey, that we would not be seeing George Dickel on the shelf or Catoctin Creek or Dad's Hat touting being bottled and bond. If you want to learn about that history, go check out his website. He's the whiskey professor. He's got a book. I've written about the history of the Bottle and Bond Act of 1897. But really, in today's sense, I give all the credit to Bottle and Bond's return to one man. And his name is Bernie Lubbers. So if you happen to like Bottle and Bond whiskey, find Bernie on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and tell him thank you. Because if it wasn't for him and his big giant tattoo on his arm, I don't know if we'd have Bottle and Bond right now. And that's this week's Above the Char. Hey, if you have somebody you would like to highlight in Above the Char, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter, at Fred Minnick. That's at Fred Minnick. Until next week, cheers. And they're off for another Give 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 000273. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com. And you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 a cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Welcome back to the episode of Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of bourbon. This is the 33rd meeting and podcast recording of the bourbon community roundtable it's uh this one it's it's odd because we usually spend about a day or two ahead of time kind of thinking of random topics i always maybe sit there and look at some tweets fred had put out the week before and and see if like that's a makes good for a conversation or a topic however today this one sort of came uh all together like within the span of an hour and a half 
Um, it was a bombshell that kind of got dropped in one of the largest Facebook groups. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, Kenny's here. Fred and Ryan joined us here as well. How's it going tonight, fellas? It's going it's great. Going well. uh, just, yeah. Great, Do you Kenny know says that uh, it's okay to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's funny. Your, in, your intro, I was thinking, I was like, people may or may not know I delete social media during the week. So I normally have no tables are till about 30 minutes before I logged in today on Twitter and I was like, Oh shit, I'm really behind. What, what are we going to talk about? This is insane. So uh, I'm super excited about today's show. It's a, it's a riddle. Like how do you piss off 50,000 bourbon enthusiasts in one, one <laughs> post? Yep, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's interesting, and the and the thing is, is is like I think, I think it, it what what's happening can play into a kind of like a larger kind of national conversation as well. So this is, you know, this is important for all of us right now to talk about. Oh, good. I, people always like discussions on the secondary market. We don't like to think it exists, but of course it does. That's that's how uh, that's how names get uh, kind of. Brand names can get spread around. Uh, that's how valuations happen. So it's almost like a necessary evil. But before we kind of start talking about that, I want to go around the horn as usual, let the folks introduce themselves. And we're going to go with on my left, starting with uh, Blake of Bourboner. And he's on mute. He, he followed the directions. <laughs> you know, too, I followed follow directions, directions a little too, too literally. Well. They've always said that about me. You know, I did too good of a job. <laughs> no, I'm Blake from Bourboner. Um, always fun to be here. It's, uh, you know, let's see, the 34th uh, bourbon roundtable in a row and the 34th time you've seen my face because that is the Cal Ripken of the bourbon roundtable. So thanks for having me. It's a 33rd, but who's counting? 33rd. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> predicting that I'm going to be on next next month as well. Yeah, let's see what that magic eight ball says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, Sipping Corn, how are you doing? All right, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again tonight, guys. Uh, Brian with Sipping Corn. You can find me on social all the social medias at Sipping Corn and uh, online. You can find all those things and more at uh, bourbonjustice.com and, and sippingcorn.com. Brings you to, to the uh, same place. And uh, looking forward to, to uh, tonight's conversation, guys. All right. And the one of the highest ranking whiskey blogs out there today, Jordan from Breaking Bourbon. How are you? Sure, good. Thanks for having us. This is Jordan, uh, one of the three guys from BreakingBourbon.com. You can find us on all the social medias at Breaking Bourbon along with Patreon. And make sure to check out our uh, updated release calendar. It's updated near daily. Awesome. So with that, let's go ahead and kind of kick off the show. You know, we, we hinted at a little bit. It was going to be talking about the secondary market. There is a, a, a large Facebook group in there. Uh, they don't really try to make it sound like it's hard to find. It's actually called Bourbon Secondary Market. So there's there's no mystery whatsoever, uh, but it's typically one of those places that it's uh, kind of underground. You have to be invited into it, uh, and it's a, it's a buy sell trade form. Uh, I know that everybody on the call is a member of it. We've all been there before. So, um, and before we kind of get into the uh, the meat of the subject, I want to introduce uh, Craig. So Craig, I'm gonna hopefully don't screw it up again. Ruprecht, right? Uh, has joined us today. So Craig is one of the admins of Bourbon Secondary Market or BSM. So Craig, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. So Craig, uh, before we kind of get into it a little bit, kind of talk about like how you came to be an admin inside of BSM. Uh, sure. Um, so I think everyone knows um, the group's founder, Owen. 
and through another group that Owen runs, I came to know him, uh, which is Louisville Bourbon Hounds. And when you're running a group that size, um, you know, you tend to, when it gets to a certain point, you tend to reach out to people that you trust to help you run it. And so that's, that's basically how that happened. I mean, the group existed for, I don't know, a good year and a half, two years before, uh, I came on board with the admin team. And so that's basically what it was, was just someone that would be somewhat level-headed. I don't know. Do we get, <laughs> do you think of BSM admin? Do you think of level-headed? I hope so. As level-headed know. as the secondary market gets. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, someone, although I'd probably get accused of being one of the more, uh, uh, think with my emotions first type of admin in there. You know, we uh, we try to be fair. Um, it can be a challenge. Uh, you know, we, we used to admin under our names in there, and then we switched to adminning under uh, the BSM page just because guys get – they get ridiculous. Um, their, their bourbon feelings um, get out of control. They, uh, they can't contain it in their feelings journal, and so they have to uh, – <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't create that 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 graphic. Well, I didn't create the actual feelings journal journal, but uh, that was someone else that made that picture. But I do take credit for for putting that into the uh, the bourbon secondary market vernacular, as it were. Um, so, but yeah, so that's I mean that's how it came to be. Was just um, yeah, I, I'm happy to help out. I think now, whenever we are looking for admin, I think our first rule is. If, if someone is reaching out, if they're actively pursuing being an admin, yeah. like, hey, I'd love to help out. No, you're not. <laughs> Nobody That's wants, not a good fit. <laughs> Nobody wants to be an admin uh, in there. But we're, you know, a, a, a close-knit bunch of guys. And um, But, yeah, we admin from the page just because, you know, guys get crazy. They, they threaten your family. Um, they threaten your livelihood. It gets ridiculous all over a silly bottle of bourbon. So, um, so that's, you know, that's, that's why that change initiated. So today, you know, we had this email come out, um, that basically says Facebook's changing their community standards or tightening them. Um, and so therefore any groups that buy, sell, trade alcohol, they want to, uh, have that activity cease. Um, and so we of course had discussions about, uh, how that would affect us, how we would operate. And so I think that what you're going to find is that the, the Mega Balls uh, group, which we also run for auctions, that's going to get, I won't, I won't call it mothball, but we're just not, we're just kind of not going to be adminning that. So I don't have the logistics of that yet, which Owen could probably speak better to that myself. And then with regards to BSM, yeah, I was like, let's let's focus on the BSM kind yeah. of kind of what was because I know that's what a lot of people are here uh, really waiting for is is what is what is going to be the next iteration. And by the way, for anybody that is just like totally like not have any idea they're new to bourbon. Yes, there's this huge secondary market that exists. There's like fifty five thousand people in there. People post bottles for sale. People say they'll buy it and it ends up and shows up at your front doorstep. Uh, and that's what he's kind of talking about, this whole buy, sell, trade thing in, in this kind of open market that happens inside of Facebook. 
but Craig, kind of talk about what is the like the new ruling or, or kind of like the the next iteration of what is to come here at BSM. What's the what's the go? So I think plan? what we're thinking now is that it may go to um, a straight uh, deal by uh, messenger sort of situation. Um, I don't know that we've fully worked out the logistics of that. Um, and I, for myself, I just think, you know, ad admitting something like that will just be a nightmare. Um, you know, in some ways it's like a second job already, but I think that, uh, we'll kind of have to see how that plays out. I, there hasn't been any, you know, it doesn't make sense to go to a backup Facebook group because you're, you're under the same, um, uh, restrictions, right? Your, 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 your backup group's going to get tagged and, and, knock down if you're engaging in that activity. So right now, you know, what we've read into it is just change your group name. Uh, don't have anything in your group description about buy, sell, trade. Don't do any activity in your group. And of course, it only takes one upset person to, to wreck that. Um, so I think we're leaning towards a PM, a Facebook messenger sort of based setup, similar to some other groups, um, that are a little smaller than us um, and are maybe secret and you got to know somebody to get in there um, that used to be ran by a guy named Phil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, certain groups that allow PM dealing and, and we never did, uh, we were always about just having it done out in the open. Um, so it, it, it may very well likely be a, a 180 from that. When we make a final decision, I know uh, Owen or you'll see a post via the BSM page will come up and, and say as such. But I think that's sort of the prevailing thought right now is that we would go to something like that. So, Craig, you guys get this news today. What time today? Like in the afternoon? Roundabout. I think uh, I was uh, just wrapping up with work when I check my email and I saw that. And then we started sharing that. I think it was a little bit even earlier than that when I hopped into the, the admin chat and saw that there was already some discussion about that. Um, so you all, you all have, you know, built something that is, is very much a part of, of the bourbon culture, especially kind of like the geek culture. And, you know, we, a, a lot of us, you know, kind of look up to, you know, appreciate what you all have, you know, done and now it's kind of be, being taken away, you know, in, in some ways. I mean, you know, for, on, on the personal level, I know you guys have been through a lot in, like, in managing this, but, you know, what were you all feeling when this came through? What was going through your mind when, when you guys got this notice? Um, I think it's like, well, here it is, right? Like, there's always been, you know, guys have speculated about this sort of thing happening to, to our sorts of groups for, for a while now. Uh, you know, Facebook's done similar things with with other groups that were of a of a sensitive subject matter that they felt like were not in line with their community standards, and so we've always felt like you know the hammer was going to fall at some point. And, and you know, if you remember quite quite a while back, we had that little kind of dust up when when bourbon groups just sort of vanished. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, chicken little came out and the sky was falling then. Right. Um, and then it does it feel different passed. this time? It definitely like before you didn't know what was going on. Um, and again, you thought the same thing. You thought, well, you thought, well, this is it, you know, 
the hammer's finally fallen and Facebook has done away with us. And we were scrambling to figure out, you know, other social media avenues um, to form, uh, to do the same thing that we were doing now. This time around, it seems to be, it seems a little more, more serious, right? Like uh, there's a plan. Um, they're actively searching for, for these sorts of groups that are, um, you know, not by virtue of being a bourbon group, are you necessarily, uh, doing wrong, but whenever you cross that threshold to buy, sell, trade, then Facebook's not liking that. So yeah, it just feels like it may have more weight this time. We're, we're treating it more serious. I I think there's some within our ranks that, that, you know, feel like maybe wait and see, there's also a little bit of disbelief, right? Like, oh, is this just some, you know, nonsense email that someone has sent trying to troll us or, you know, something like that? Several folks, even folks that manage large Facebook groups that are not bourbon related, you know, received an email. So, yeah, I think just more serious is is a way to kind of sum it up. So enough that that Owen and the rest of us feel like we want to react to it to kind of just, you know, allow this sort of thing to, to carry on. And regardless of whether it's by Facebook or not, like a quote Jurassic Park here, like life will find a way, right? Like if it's not. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. <laughs> exactly. Like if it's not, if it's not via Facebook, um, you know, you can't keep a good flipper down, right? They're going to, they're going to, they're going to try to, they're going to try to, to hawk their, uh, their bottles of E.H. Uh, e. Taylor Small Batch and and Weller Special Reserve and you know whatever, uh, no matter where they are, whether it's uh, in an, a smaller Facebook group or Craigslist or um, yeah, eBay, God forbid, or you know whatever. Like folks will find a way. So uh, what we haven't talked about is any sort of moving to any other social media format. Uh, I think once upon a time we we um, messed around with a uh, and I'll probably butcher the name Mayway page Mewe Mayway. I don't. There's know actually people in chat that are talking about that right now. I I I'm I'm unfamiliar with the platform myself. Hmm. Yeah. So we had we had messed around with that. You know, there the issue you always run into with something like this is a group this size when you switch over to something like that. Like we had kind of sort of worked the kinks out of adminning via Facebook. So then you switch to another platform and then admining via that way and trying to just figure out all the ins and outs of that is, is a bit of a headache. So, um, well, that's, I feel like everyone's already on Facebook. So that's right. a tough thing to, um, to just automatic cause everyone's on their yeah. phone every single day. And so then they just see it constantly. Yeah. And it's yeah. just one right. more channel you got to keep up with when you have yeah. so many already. And it's like, who wants another channel? to mess with but you already have the uh, older generation who's not on facebook getting on there just for bourbon now i don't even know what me we is so <laughs> it's gonna be a whole other issue yeah. if kenny of, doesn't even know it then yeah, I don't, that know it's gonna my, yeah. my barometer but migrate everyone over there is trouble yeah. yeah no you're totally right i mean facebook is is the logical platform for a lot of these kind of things because that is where people spend their time already uh and and so owen had sent us a message at least blake and i a little bit uh, earlier. And so I'll kind of talk about what he had, had posted as the potential new rules. Uh, this is not official until it becomes official on the forum. Uh, but he had said that the kind of the new stuff is that you do not talk about buying, selling or trading alcohol 
because this is now against Facebook community standards. So that's no longer to be allowed inside the group. Um, you're only here to see pictures. If you want to talk about to the person that posted the picture, then send them a PM. So kind of thinks of the old days of put something up there, expect a PM to come in as well. Uh, discussion posts are still not allowed. Go over to Bourboner for that, of course. <laughs> Throwing out the, the plug for you there, Blake. You appreciate that. <laughs> and then, um, but another way around this is that if you want to, you just throw a link in uh, to something that you had posted off of Facebook. So if you are posting it on Bottlespot or Craigslist, you just drop the link in there and then people can PM you that way. And that's how they can kind of get uh, get in contact with you with that particular bottle. So it sounds like if there's a will, there's a way because it's hard to, to lose uh, a large majority of people like that, you know, with one fell swoop. And then yeah. I'll, I'll take it another direction, too, um, and see what you guys think. Uh, you know, of course, will there's a way something's going to happen. And is this just going to start more segmented, smaller groups? And it's going to be hard to kind of find that that one big big group that was BSM. I, I think as a community, like, and, and, you know, I've, I've grown tired of Facebook just in general. You know, I've been, I've been finding other avenues to do, you know, to, to buy. Um, and definitely, definitely just from a, on a personal level. I mean, I, I don't enjoy Facebook. I enjoy Instagram and Twitter, but you know, Facebook to me, just, it feels like it's, it's become kind of like uh, it went from somehow from being fun to like uh, something mandatory you had you had to do. You woke up, you brush your teeth, you check and see who posted a picture about their kid or something. It's just like in general, Facebook's losing a lot of steam in, in society as you know as other platforms are growing. And, and I think the inevitability here, and I, I certainly I have an app in development, but I think the the uh, inevitability here is that somebody creates something specifically for bourbon consumers. And frankly, it should be someone on this, uh, on this podcast right now, because, you know, the, the fact is, is that this shit's going to keep happening. I don't know if, if someone sold Mark Zuckerberg a fake pappy or what, but the whole, uh, <laughs> it, it just, it has it happened. Me. Sorry, Fred. What's that? It was me. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I always took you as a fake pappy. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Blame but, on the lawyer. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, he knows how to get himself out of it. Yeah. That's right. There's no law saying I can't refill this and sell it. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just, this shit's just going to keep happening. And then they're going to say, like, they're going to start regulating your, uh, your private messaging. It's just, that's what, what the fuck ever, you know? I mean, I actually... The last time this happened, I actually spent a lot of time reaching out to Facebook, getting comments from them. I spoke to people at Facebook um, um, about the last time, you know, the last time we had some sites go down. And it just, you know, I mean, they played they played me a fool. They played everyone a fool. Like, they, you know, they played our government a fool. Facebook just does whatever the fuck it wants to do. I mean, it, it, it steals our information. They're just, they're turds. <laughs> and I, I hate all of this. And uh, you know, I the the, the secondary groups. There, there comes the feelings journal. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> give me give me my own meme. But, yeah. Or or as uh, my friend Steve Saban would say, "Fuck that guy." So, <laughs> but that's how I feel about Facebook. Fuck him. 
I mean, I think at the end of the day, right? So we're all, and you notice this with the whole delete Facebook movement and see a ton of different long reads on tech blogs or other areas. Like people are still going to use Facebook no matter what, right? You can't kick it. As Fred mentioned, you wake up, brush teeth, check Facebook. But like, that's what people realize, you know, you might leave Facebook, but the rest of society stays on. But that being said, bourbon might leave Facebook and people will go with it because at the end of the day, if people want to make money, they're going to go where the money is. So it may be more of an inconvenience and people might complain about it, but they're still going to go do it because they're going to want to sell bourbon. They're going to want to buy bourbon and, you know, free economy will find a way. So I think it's just going to be a super inconvenience and, and people will complain about it a lot. That being said, I bet a lot of people just go wherever the money is going to take them which at the end of the day is what it's all about anyways, right? We're not like talking about a community or like, hey, you know, checking in on each other. It's I'm going there to make money or I'm going there to spend money. That's all it is, right? Yeah, dropping the hammer. I think that's kind of the tough part is uh, figuring out Facebook's logic in this. And to me, it's just, they don't want the liability. You know, we've talked about this before on multiple different, whether it's shipping or just online sales, whatever it is. Facebook doesn't want the liability, so they got to at least put that out there. What I'm interested to see is, you know, kind of going back to asking Craig, does this feel different than the times before? Is is Facebook really going to follow through with this? Um, it, you know, it kind of does sound like they are, and it is a little bit different. But we've been down this road before, and it may be kind of a CYA move from them of um, who knows? I, I don't know what kind of legal ramifications they'd have. Um you know, Brian could probably speak a little more to that. seems like in the past, there's been a whole lot of other shadier deals happen on like Craigslist and that kind of stuff. And I don't know if those guys have ever gotten in trouble or prosecuted for, for, uh, you know, actual illegal behavior or at least more illicit behavior. Um, but it will see, you know, it, it definitely is a big platform. Um, I've kicked around ideas of having, having a solution on my site with Sealbox. Um, but it, it's just like, a, it, there's a lot of issues you have to solve before you jump into that. And Facebook was always just the easiest route because everyone was there. So, um, it'll be interesting next, uh, next couple of weeks for sure. Yeah. It, it sort of struck me as, as, and maybe this is just wishful thinking, something that'll pass that mm-hmm. they'll crack down for a little bit and, and you have to be doing things through links to bottle spot or direct messages or whatever. And then it sort of flows back into the way it was. I mean, that's, that's my guess. Anyhow. Um, I don't, I I think you're right, Blake, that it's probably a lot of CYA from Facebook. Um, but other than that, it's, you know, there, there's the underlying fact that in most jurisdictions, you can't sell person to person on the secondary market. So once they get their lawyers involved in telling them that, I mean, that's, that's the road they're going to go down every single time. You um, and your rules. Yeah, you I know. Lawyers and your rules. We, 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 your rules. we make exceptions to the rules. We enforce the rules, and we get paid on at each step of the way. I mean, it's a <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest about it. It's the yeah. greatest cycle there is in business. Yeah, yep. <laughs> exactly right. You got to get paid at every step. Um, but I've, I've wondered too. I've wondered too. Is this going to push it more? Is there a lobbying effort? Maybe is this going to push it more toward? like Kentucky's vintage spirits law and and is there a push to get it into those retailer hands so that you have some assurances against fakes if you're buying it from a reputable vintage you know retailer that's a great great point I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine who's in the is a really 
big seller. And I said, it's going to be great for, for us because uh, no one knows where to go to get bottles. You know, and then if you have, if you're, if you're a key person in this, in this chain, everybody's going to remember you from those groups or, or whatever, and you're just going to call them. And so right. you're going to have, um, you're going to have more, you know, more buyers from, from that perspective. Um, and I'll also say like, I get probably five, five emails a day and I'm not even kidding. Five emails a day of just someone from someone finding something in their basement and I try to always push them into the legal ways to to sell that, uh, and nobody wants to do that. So <laughs> that's right. Uh, no one, no one wants a record of of the transaction. Everybody wants cash. So yeah, right. and just just lowball them and keep the bottles yourself. That's what I'd be doing. <laughs> Maybe that's what yeah. I do. <laughs> just forward all those emails to me, Fred. Put an automatic <laughs> if inquiring about selling. Whatever you get them to. Yeah. They, they send them to all of oh, us all to see if one of, of us bite. Of course. Yeah. 100%. And then it's like double what the secondary market is like. Well, I was thinking maybe around $4,000 for a Pappy 15. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was it, because it was their grandpa's and their grandpa taught them how to ride a bike. You yeah. know, so it has additional meaning to them. It sounds about right. Game of yeah. Go Fish. I've heard it. Yeah. <laughs> like the Nigerian prince all over again. There you go. <laughs> So, you know, while we're we're talking about sort of what the next phase of this is, I mean, do you think if there's any other platforms where something like this could live or is Facebook the only one? Because if we roll back a few years, uh, Reddit went through the same exact thing. Uh, and so Reddit kind of shut down their uh, their whole entire sales motion. And so when you look at the difference of of what you see on Reddit versus what you see on Facebook, it's it's two opposite worlds. Reddit is definitely more conversation focused. Um, review focused, everything like that versus Facebook, which is uh, buy, sell, trade. And then you've got a few groups that are kind of like news. Um, you don't really have a whole lot of people putting their tasting notes out there. But do you, do you think if there's anything else of, of... Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, right? So both Reddit, Facebook at its core, at least for like the BSM and, and the Reddit, it's just a V, it's an old school V bulletin board. That's all it is. It's just an old school forum. If someone just creates a forum and yeah, it's one more link you have to go to and you moderate it. That's all it is. Right. Anyone. I mean, literally anyone watching right now or listening later on, they can go out and do this. You just got to get the masses to go there. But, but that's literally at its heart. That's all what we're talking about. Facebook and Reddit. That's all it was. It's just an old school. The, the, winning ticket, years. the winning ticket here is that there is a there's a paywall to get into, you know, some kind of forum. You know, so you pay 50 bucks to be a member. And, you know, somebody takes on the liability of having the having the forum and and the it happens there, you yeah. know, and then it's not public. You know, you have to you have to get in there. Yeah. You, you have high level privacy uh, things in there, you know, and, you know, I used to belong to a, a few of those in uh, like author circles. And, um, you know, I'd be I'd be communicating with, uh, you know, high level authors. And, and there was, you know, I wouldn't be able to share that information. And of course it's, it's the internet, so you always could do it, but I would be penalized strictly uh, by the, the, the agreement I signed to be a part of it. So I think there is a way to do this and we can protect the people who want to enjoy this hobby, but uh, I'll go to the lawyer here and ask, <laughs> is that possible? Could, could we create some kind of private forum where we could have 40,000 people in there. Why couldn't you do, why couldn't you do something like sports book or gambling? Like 
you know, back when I did used to gamble, I had a private website that I went when? to and bet, yeah, back mm-hmm. in the day, a lot of air was <laughs> going on. You would, uh, <laughs> you know, you would bet your, and you would have your bookie and you would meet him, you know, once a week to settle up. I mean, and it goes on like all, I mean, it still goes on. And so it seems like that could happen for some of these secondary markets also. I mean to have an intermediate intermediary act like a. I mean, it wouldn't be legal, obviously, right. but I mean, sports bookies and gamblers are getting away with it. And nobody's cutting them down to shut it down. Right. I think that's a bigger market, much bigger market. <laughs> yeah, well, true. Probably billions there. So here, yeah. So and then that's why I'm not exactly sure. I haven't figured out why there's the focus on the the whiskey market here. I mean, it's. Sure, we've got fifty thousand or whatever it is members of these groups, but what's that? It's a drop in the bucket. Um, it shouldn't really bother anyone, but when it comes down to it, it's in most jurisdictions you're not supposed to do it. Fuck Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So is Facebook now in the same genre as vodka in the uh, wow uh, Fred Minnick wow. uh, echelon of hatred? We need a sign behind you, Fred. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, uh, I still like Facebook right now. Uh, you know, Facebook has its purpose. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that purpose is anymore. But whatever. <laughs> so but vodka, to, vodka has no purpose. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so to to kind of wrap this up, uh, mm-hmm. one last question for Craig: What are you going to do with all your free time now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I was. Probably over the past few months have been one of the the lesser active admins, but uh, you know it makes for uh, you got to do something while you're sitting on the toilet, right? So now I guess I'll have to go back to reading or something like that. Wait, uh, wait, wait! Did you did you did all that adminning while you were on the toilet? I mean, what else? When else are you gonna do it, right? <laughs> 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 well, they weren't accepting donations, so you know they they, they weren't getting paid for the job. So it's right. out, it's out of the graciousness of their hearts that they were doing it. Anyway. So absolutely. So Craig, thank you so much for for coming on tonight and kind of giving us a breakdown of sort of the the history of what it is and and sort of the future of of what we can expect from the uh, the new BSM going forward. So uh, again, as of today, everything is still provisional. So wait until. You hear from an admin on a forum to kind of see what the uh, the actual future will hold. But uh, and if, if Owen or anybody else wants to do that on the admin team, they will post the email that Craig was talking about at the very beginning that we were alluded to as well. So they can see that uh, this wasn't just all smoke and mirrors. That was a uh, real real threats happening. So. Right. So yeah. Craig. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yep. Cheers, man. Be safe. Out Cheers. There. So while we wait for Marianne to come on, um, you know, let's let's kind of switch it in a different direction. But let's go ahead and kind of take it. Uh, as I'd mentioned, uh, we had a we had a uh, a listener sort of reach out to us and talked about. Uh, it was actually Patrick Nall. He reached out, and we all love bourbon as a hobby. But the question is, is how can we ensure that we are not becoming an alcoholic in the process? Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it uh, a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner 
that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And you can get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. The question is, is how can we ensure that we are not becoming an alcoholic in the process. So is there something that you do to kind of curb that? Or do you just look at it like, well, I'm a, I'm a very high functioning alcoholic. What was the, uh, it wasn't Jimmy Kimmel. Who's the other late night guy. Um, Oh shoot. Anyways, he had a thing. It was like, thank you craft beer for making my alcoholism looking like a fun new hobby. And, uh, you know, it it can kind of morph into that. So it is a, a really a, kind of a sad reality of it is you don't want that to ever be a problem for someone who you're enjoying a hobby with. And then all of a sudden it's an issue. So for me, it's just like taking, you know, whether it's a week, a few days, um, you know, some even go a month off of drinking. I think that's really, if you figure out if that, that dependence is there and it's no longer fun and you're just drinking to drink. Um, So I, I think that's important to take time off every now and then. So I think um, I'm the only I'm the only one here that does it full time, right? Jordan, are you full time yet? No. Full time? <laughs> no. Drinker or drinker? Or so like this, <laughs> this is like uh, I, I know Kenny, you'd said this is the, the hobby, but this is actually what I do for for my living and have done so for more than a decade. And you know, when I came, um, I, I and I'll share something very personal. You know, I I have PTSD for my time in in Iraq and I've I have been I've been fighting that for you know since I've been home and in that process I went through a lot you know in my recovery I went through a, a lot of therapy and one of the things that I picked up was was mindfulness and that and that is one of um one of the reasons why bourbon really why I I think I really focused on on tasting was because mindfulness was basically a way for me to ground myself of something else. And you would have to think entirely about whatever it is you were doing, whether you were like, you were in a, you, you're in a moment, you're trying to visualize and feel everything in, in that moment. And for me, I would visualize and feel everything on my palate. And, and when I am not able to taste something, I put the I, I put it down like and and oftentimes you know I won't I won't be mindful of of what day it is and it'll be like on a 
on an anniversary date of something that happened. It could be, um, you know, it could be, you know, the day that, you know, I saw someone get killed. It could be the day I almost got killed. It could be something like that. But there, there are, there are things that in us that we don't always know, but we, we automatically get into, you know, bad moods. And so everybody will have something that can give them a sign for when they could get themselves in a problem drinking situation. And for me, it's tasting. And it's in particular of like where on my palate I taste something. So I would challenge anyone who wants to, you know, explore this for themselves. I would say analyze the moments that you've had, you know, you may have had too much and you did something that you shouldn't have, or you just, you went too far. I would say analyze, you know, what you felt like going into that situation and see if you can stop yourself from going in that situation again. And so that's just one thing that I do. I also try to like not have, you know, there's tasting and then there's drinking. My tasting is like analytical. I keep it very, you know, smell it, analyze it, taste it, spit. You know, drinking, and this is, you know, where I can get in myself into a little bit of like, um, you know, having more than two is if I'm watching Justified or if I'm watching something that I'm really into and I'm just into that moment or if I'm reading a book that I'm really into and I just keep like, uh, you know, pouring, um, you know, and then I'm suddenly I've got four. And, you know, so like uh, it's being mindful of that as well. It's like knowing when you want, knowing when you need to stop. And um, always, always, always have a, a plan to get home. That's the most, it's one of the most important parts. Do not get in the car if you've been drinking. And um, most importantly, the Distilled Spirits Council has a, has a, a sheet for what is moderating, moderation and drinking. And I really try to follow that. And, you know, men can drink more than women, but there is, there is a, an amount, and I think it turns out to be something like 15 drinks a week for, for men. Those are fantastic points, Fred. Um, thanks for sharing. And I think, I think to add on to that, right, you, you touched upon a little at the end there. I think everyone's different, right? So if you feel, you know, two, I know some people two drinks, they'll be, they'll be drunk, right? Everyone's body's different. So if you feel that you're drinking all the time or you're getting drunk all the time, just because you're only having two, three drinks a night, right? When you see other people having nine, 10, 15, whatever, right? That, that doesn't mean, you know, it's, it's okay to justify it. So you'll know your own limits and don't compare yourself against anyone else, right? That's the best way of doing it. You know what, what's right for you, right? And you, you know what's going to be too much um, and you're going to know it's just right. And everyone finds that point sometime in life and you just got to be, as Fred said, mindful of it. But don't, don't compare yourself and say, well, you know, I see everyone else on Facebook drinking, I don't know, eight, eight doubles a night, right? I only drink four. I'm okay. If four is too much for you, it's too much for you. That, that's what you got to keep in mind, right? Everyone has their own personal limit. Um, and, and you do have to, as Fred said, just be mindful of that. Um, and that's one of the key things to do too. Did you find that limit when you were selecting a bottle or a barrel of pinhook this past week? <laughs> well, we, thankfully, we <laughs> tell people about what it, tell people about like the process first. So too. me, uh, yeah, so really quick. So me and Nick went down along with Ryan to select a bottle for Breaking Bourbon Single Barrel Club from Pinhook, and they're located at Castle and Key. So they proposed crazy cool, but kind of crazy. This experience where we worked with their, you know, their master taster that they work with at Castle and Key to narrow down. Um, they pulled a lot of 40, a little over 40 barrels for us. And these were the barrels designated for the single barrel program. 
Instead of just going through like three or four, we went through all of them. We drank all the bourbons. So they did proof them down, 50 to 60 proof, right? And it was a lot of smelling, a lot of sensory stuff, tons of sensory stuff, lots of spitting. So the amount of actual bourbon we drank at the end of the day, what would you say, Ryan? Did we drink even like two ounces of bourbon? If, if, if that. I mean, if that. And yes, I was spitting. I wasn't swallowing. It was only like two or three ounces in that plastic cup by the end yep. of the day. And, and it was a 40 proof so, or 50 proof too. But yep. that was like Fred said, it was very analytical, very, uh, you know, we were thoughtful. We were very yep. uh, focused on what we were doing. Like we weren't there just to like slosh it back. And our motive wasn't to go get slammer or whatever. But I mean, I think you just have to know, like Fred talked about, I'm big in mindfulness, awareness. Like I, I have ADHD and I know like when my mind can kind of take over and send me places. And then when I've had too much, I just, my body can tell me like, all right, you need to settle down for a few days. And you got to listen to your body when you start to like ignore that and you start to like drink to fight off the, the night before, you know, chasing the hair of the dog, you know, that's when I think you're like really going down a slippery slope. And, I, and I've had, I've had those days, you know, you go on a bachelor party or you're a lake weekend or a golf weekend and you're, you're there to party for two or three days. And then like, all right, I am done for like three or four days, you know, just to, to clear it up. And then when you can't recognize that, I think that's when you definitely need to, uh, to uh, seek some help and find some because there's definitely some issues there. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer, certainly, but Fred, thank you for your your openness on that. I think that's that will help a lot of people listening to today and the, and the other comments about just knowing yourself and knowing when it's time to take a break. Um, so I think that's, I, I really appreciate those personally. All right, so that kind of sparked a topic and kind of went down a crazy little uh I hope we're hope we we can come back out of this and raise the <laughs> raise our spirits, I guess, if you can, a little bit. Um, but this was really coming because there was a an article on CNN this past week and talked about how uh, investors are looking at alternatives to bars and there's and maybe it's like a Brooklyn thing, like I don't know, um, where <laughs> there's these sober bars that are kind of coming up, right? The people that are making these craft uh, mocktails and they still cost you 10, 12 bucks a piece. But um, do you see this as like a, like a catching on thing or do you see this as a um, just a fad? So last year, last year at tells of the cocktail, the world's, you know, most important, largest, you know, bar conference, they had a party, William Grant threw a party uh, where there was no alcohol. Like the opening party had no alcohol. So this is like a really, a, a really real trend and they're they're trying to chase Marianne. these 23 year olds who don't drink <laughs> so let's just go ahead and we'll uh marianne's joined us now. so we'll uh we'll kind of wrap up this topic really quick uh so marianne we're talking about sober bars if they are actually going to become a thing so fred i'll let you uh finish up your your thought and then we'll we'll lead on over to marianne then yeah, the, the the growth of, of uh, like the sober bars and this trend of like just to eliminate drinking, it falls in line with all these efforts to legalize uh, alcohol advertising and these uh, fraudulent studies that are coming out from a publication called Lancet that is extrapolating uh, minute, uh, minute amounts of data and basically saying, you know, all alcohol causes all kinds of cancers. And so we're having we're having this basically this uh, frantic health scare that is, it, to m- in my opinion, is fraudulent. 
and mm-hmm. the industry cannot fight it. Like they're losing everywhere they turn because, you know, there's a new study every week that tells you you're going to get cancer if you drink alcohol. And the sad part is, is every one of those damn studies, almost they almost always get recanted. But the fact is that it gets on USA Today once, it's there forever. Sounds like so, Roundup and what I deal with on a day-to-day basis. That's right. <laughs> Hold on, Roundup doesn't cause cancer? Can we talk about what? that? Right? <laughs> yep. It causes it in California, but not exactly. in Kentucky. But I yep. mean, it, when you think about it, though, there's there's other studies that come out that says, oh, a glass of wine a day or a glass of whiskey a day or whatever it is, and then you're going to live to 90. You know, these are and, – and if anybody that actually Googles it, um, I, I think – there was a TED talk or something like that where somebody actually made a fake um, scientific research study and it got published in like PR news and like all or newswire and all this kind of crazy stuff. So it was basically a study to actually show like how false these sort of scientific studies are that that get really blown out of proportion. So it sounds like there's a um, there's a lobbyist group that's really pushing towards this for to make something like this a reality. Yeah, for sure. Well, anybody else have any other comments or thoughts on that before we change directions? My only thought is that article that you sent us, Kenny, the, the description of one of those drinks was so god-awful that that <laughs> should kill it in its tracks. So I wrote it down. An acidic beverage made from vinegar, fruit, sugar, and club soda. I mean, that should kill the, the movement right there. No, you could probably use that. You could, Ryan, you could probably use that for a roundup. What's the yeah, exactly? <laughs> what's the mix it up, Ryan? What's the cocktail mix made out of apple cider vinegar? It's um where they do the fruit and the apple cider oh vinegar shrub. Yeah, I mean it's basically a non-alcoholic shrub, isn't it? I could be wrong. Sure, so. never we'll mind. Take it for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not a bartender. I don't I don't one. one time was the worst thing I've ever done in the kitchen. I think. and then I was like, I'll just buy these from now on. <laughs> they, they definitely taste better than they smell. Yes. Super vinegary. Yes. Yeah. Yikes. I was like, yeah. I'll use vinegar or on like, uh, you know, reheating like pork butts and stuff like that. When, you know, when we do, uh, we smoke, when we smoke uh, barbecue stuff like that, but I haven't really done a whole lot in the cocktails. That's a, that's a, <laughs> no. that's a whole new venture pass. for me. That's yeah. a hard pass. <laughs> so with that, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest. So you heard her already. She's been on the podcast before. I think it was like episode 16, like way, way back in the day. Yeah, so back when we sucked. We were not very good. <laughs> we we still suck, but I think we're less sucky now. Yeah. But Marianne, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Kenny. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So, you know, we, we love to have you on. I know, uh, Fred, Fred kind of thinks of you like a, like a little sister sometimes, you know, he, he feels Not, like, uh, looks like you all went eyeglass shopping together. Yeah. Hanging out with Sir Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but we kind of want to have you on and, and kind of talk about, you know, what's new with you. Um, you know, it's, not, I mean, I think you uh, you made national headlines, uh, right? I mean, it was everywhere the, of of the separation between you and Castle and Key. So, so kind of talk a little bit about it and sort of what's on the the horizon for you too. Yeah, I I am really proud of of everything that I built and we achieved it at Castle and Key. But what I've learned about myself is that I I really love making things and building things, and you know, kind of all all my startup energy was used in in castle and key to get them where they are and i'm I'm ready to 
to try some new things. I've been wanting to get into to some different spirit categories. Not that I'm going to leave bourbon, um, not not permanently anyway. Um, but I, I want to get some experience in mezcal and in rum, and um, we'll see where where life goes from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for a lot of us, um, you know, we were we were all kind of shocked to to see the news because we were. I mean, you had been really the face of the brand for so long. Um, I don't think there was a day that we didn't see on Instagram uh, with you at the distillery or seeing the the gardens or something like that. Um, so, you know, definitely we wish them the best of luck and everything that they're doing uh, and you as well. But kind of uh, kind of talk. I know you, you kind of took a little bit of a break, too. I, you went out west for a few days to kind of regroup. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to be big news when when that press release went out. So I just went ahead and made the executive decision that being uh, in a remote island in the Pacific Northwest and uh, my my aunt's treehouse, my dad's cousin would would be a good idea. So yeah, I, I took um, a few days off and spent some time in nature and getting ready to take a little bit more time off um, down in Florida right now. And I'll be heading back out west next month. So yeah, some some exploration and travels coming up just to regroup a little bit before I, I figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. It's kind of talk, you know, I, I've been in the situation too, um, where we're looking for, for new gigs right away and you kind of need that time away. But mm-hmm. what was the response like from uh, other companies or anything like that where they, was it like, oh crap, she's on the market. We got to grab her real quick. I mean, did you have any of those conversations pop up? Yeah, I, I had lots of people reaching out to me through the website. You know, some folks just looking to to pick my brain for consulting type work. Um, others that were like, "All right, yeah, we we've got a brand or we're starting something, and we wanted to know if you were interested in in being our master distiller." But I'm not really interested in just getting another job. Um, the consulting part is really interesting to me. I think, you know, my, my expertise in developing products and um, helping to design processes is something that a lot of folks, uh, more so maybe outside of Kentucky, could benefit from, you know, learning the authentic Kentucky way of, of making spirits. But, yeah, um, I really just want to get back into the gears and, and challenge myself and and maybe, you know, Learn, learn some new things. Do you so, think there's wait, bigger opportunity like in other spirits? Like, is, I wouldn't say is bourbon stagnant for you or like, you know, because it's kind of the same thing. Like, there's not much mm-hmm. variance or variation you can kind of do with that. Like, mm-hmm. like with Mezcal or other spirits, does that kind of, you can get more creative with? I am, um, I'm, I'm just totally convinced that we're not done innovating in bourbon yet, but it just seems like every new thing is kind of a thing an, an iteration of something that's already been done. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's there's a, a whole new genre of innovation out there that nobody's tapped into yet. And what it is, is um, inspiration from other spirits, you know, and, and I have yet to learn everything I, I need to, to actually execute that. But I think there's there's lots of interesting spirits and lots of unique ways that they create flavor that we can bring back in, even though, you know, it's this certain set of regulations that make bourbon what it is. Um, there's, there's, there's more to play with. I'm, I'm right. Sure. And, and it's not like the bourbon consumers are so open to new ideas, you know, with, uh, <laughs> with new product offerings. They're so welcoming. You know? like, 
They sure are. That's what I was about to say. I was like, that's been the bread and butter for a while. So it's, I mean, have you been trained in that area or is that something that you're just, you're looking to explore? In, in what area? Mezcals and no. other, other things. Yeah, not, not really. I mean, I worked for Brown Foreman, which is a global spirits company. It's not just whiskey, although I, I did focus a lot on whiskey. I, um, they, I spent a lot of time in Mexico and um, out in California making wine. They sent me to Belgium to do a few liqueur projects. I, um, I made vodka for them. Um, oh, oh come on now, Marianne. I, I know, I know, Fred. Marianne, just lost Fred. <laughs> you know, Fred tasted it and he didn't spit it out. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he was just being kind. <laughs> I did say, I, I did right after I did taste it, I, w- I did ask you straight up, I was like, What are you doing? Why are you, why are you making vodka? What are you doing this? I did do that. Yeah. It's just a shame that that was the first thing that you tasted that I made from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Irony, though. He's like, Is there anything to drink up here? I'm like, um, well, we're going to go to the warehouse next, but then you've got this clear stuff that I know you're not going to want to taste, but. Now you seem to have a real passion for gin and Mm -hmm. like, you know, we, we hung out, you know, the other day and you, you know, we were, you know, having a, some, a lot of gin, different, a lot of different uh, gin cocktails. What's your, what's your favorite style of gin? There's a lot out there. Jeez. It like gin is a almost infinite world of um, ways that you can change the flavor. I think that's the thing that's so interesting about it is you can do almost anything. Um, my palate, you know, as a, a bourbon distiller kind of leans towards something that's more balanced. So a London dry that's like super juniper forward is is not where I tend to gravitate. So like a botanical, more modern botanical style, but doing really unique things. Like I think that the Castle and Key Gin, while nothing is, is super crazy or off the wall, it, it's unique in, in the way that it's crafted. And that's not my favorite word ever, but um, just the thoughtfulness of the ingredients and how they're integrated together. Yeah, absolutely. Since you were talking about consulting earlier, uh, David Jennings of Rare Bird 101 wanted to ask, uh, because you had missed the uh, earlier half of this conversation, if you wanted to start consulting on helping direct the, the new bourbon secondary market since it's now going under. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how I can help, but <laughs> the new Yes. <laughs> Marianne, did you ever did you ever buy anything? Did you ever buy any old bottles on the, on a secondary market? No. I um I tried to barter for a couple, but never actually got any bites on that. Like, oh, I'll give you a great VIP tour. <laughs> I remember, you know, I remember like, like this was a long time ago. Uh, you were, it was when you were with Woodford, um, maybe 2013, 2014. It was a long time ago, but you were, you, you did bring up like um, some kind of, you know, interaction with you and with you and Chris for a bottle. Is that what you're talking about? When you were trying to like have a, uh, an evening with with Chris Morris for a bottle. Does that ring a bell? Morris. Um, are you? He was in one of those bourbon secondary markets, and and you were trying to get people to come to a Chris Morris event. <laughs> <you ended> up- <laughs> Is it? 
was it the um the, the old president's choice stuff is that that, that might have been it i don't know yeah. That's a good story, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's the one. She she brought up Great the, the bartering, and I was like, "Is that it?" Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't remember that. No, this was actually a, a, a castle antique. You know, a lot of folks would have those old castle decanters. Like, um, like I'd never seen one before. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, for how, however many hundreds of dollars, and I'm like, well, um, I don't really want to give you money, but. If you'd like to come out and take a tour of the distillery, we can probably work something out. And, and everybody always wants money, Marianne. <laughs> always comes down to the Benjamin. I understand. I understand. <laughs> so, last question, uh, Mary, before we uh, we ask one more question, then we'll kind of round this out. Um, so, for you, I know you talked about wanting to do consulting, but kind of picture dream job esque here. Mm-hmm. Would you like to start at something? smaller and help build that up kind of like maybe no castle and key was kind of big let's be honest that's a pretty massive place Um, series would be a perfect size yeah it's a perfect (laughs) size yeah we definitely um and then or would you rather go to a large corporation you know if it would be the the heaven hills or would be the maker's mark of the world whatever it is or would you just like to just keep doing the the consulting and bouncing around and you know mark knight he's Please putting you putting you in some tough shoes to fill here, and said uh, Marion could be the next Dave Pickerel with a question mark. I um, well, I, I definitely think that his passing left a, a gap in the market. So, as much opportunity as um, as comes from that, I would be grateful for. Um, I've had lots of various brands reach out. Um, I I think. You know, I, I'm I'm just going to leave myself open to the universe and and see what what happens. I'm I don't want to say for sure. You know, and I will or won't you know build my own thing someday. I I think that I would love to be involved with with people who are passionate and want to make good stuff. And if they turn into large brands, that's cool. Um, if they want to keep them small and boutique, that that's fine too. So, Marianne, just to have it on the record, this means you're open to pursuit spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you were barding earlier, we'll make it happen. <laughs> so, Mar- Marianne, I'll say, like, um, you know, I, I, I've talked about you, you know, many times often in defense of of uh, of you, sadly, um, you know, when people bring up, uh, you know, the master distiller role and everything and and i just want to tell you you know you can do anything you know you're you have uh you have incredible um you have incredible you know smarts for this business um you have an you have an ability to to market you know for marketing and everything as well and that's rare and you know when you came out and chose to take the title of master distiller you became a, a hero for for a lot of young women, and there were there were women in their fifties um, who looked up to you after that, and and I know that you had a lot of. Uh, I'm sorry. There's a, there's a chat going on in our in our group. Our our uh, we've been spammed. We've been spammed. Uh, yeah. We've been spammed. But you, you can, Marianne, you could do anything. So whatever, whatever it is you want to put your mind to, you know, I hope it's, I hope it's bourbon. I hope you do stay in bourbon. I think you have a talent here. Um, for God's sake, 
stay away from vodka. Don't help, don't take your talents to vodka. <laughs> you will it, never do vodka. The, the operative word in your in your opening statement was flavor. Yeah. Flavor. Just, yeah. just remember that. Let that be the driver mm. to your dreams. You can always add cordials, Fred. Do you think she should go with a flavored vodka? Is you guys are horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a that was a good way to sort of wrap this up. But I do have um, because we always end up having way more topics to talk about, and I kind of want to do this one real quickly, also to to kind of trail on what Fred said. Uh, There was somebody that spammed our chat going on. It was uh, sexy triple X asking uh, people to click on links for cheeseburgers and booze. And it's like and it's Jordan. Strawberry. Jordan, yeah, Jordan put in here like maybe we should have her on next time. Like, <laughs> one more like yeah. or they seem cool. Everybody <laughs> wants cheeseburgers. Jordan, Jordan clicked the link, unfortunately. I was so confused when they pop up because I wasn't following the chat, and I'm like, what? Who's sexy XXX? <laughs> <laughs> and why am I not in the chat right now? <laughs> I don't, you yeah, don't want to. I'm missing. I was doing my best not to lose it. <laughs> so so speaking of uh, cheeseburgers and booze here, this was a question that Fred had put out on Twitter this past week. And would you drink a marijuana-infused bourbon? Go ahead. What do you think? Only if it had real weed in it. Yeah, because let's let's people were there was a lot of back and forth. What's people were like, of like it just they put THC and no, like we're putting like the the real deal in here. Like we're not doing this whole like you know hemp bull crap, whatever it is. Like let's go let's go all in here. Um, and also people were going they were they were kind of pissed because they're like it's not bourbon then if it's infused. Like we get it, okay? Like <laughs> like we know it's new category. People just want to. They, they really got a harp on it. But I guess the question is, is reefer bourbon, are you in or out? So if anyone's had Charbet, have you already um, had it? Well, Charbet oh, is using hops. They, they just yeah, don't that's hops. what they say. <laughs> the unspoken, uh, man, I don't know, man. Marco, he's dropping a little ganja up in there. <laughs> yeah, there might be a little bit more than hops. Yeah. In yeah. If it gives the same effect, yes, I'm all in. Thank you. At least somebody said yes, because I say yes. I'm yeah. in. Yes. Uh, who says I have not it? The indica or sativa, you know. <laughs> I'll go the hybrid route. Okay. Who says I haven't had it? There, there's, a, there's a bar in uh, New York. You ask for a dragon and you get it. So. Wow. Oh, okay. All right. You want to you wanna drop what the name is in the chat there so we can tell the whole world? <laughs> No, I forgot it. Just uh, you know, test out your night and start asking for the dragon around New York. Just go to every bar in New York and ask for the dragon. You can get some weird things that happen, but you may find the right spot. That always sounds really exciting. Okay, so it sounds like Marianne's in. I'm in. in. He's already working on it. Try and I, I, I. So my wheels are turning with like the product development side. Like, how would we infuse the marijuana into bourbon? I think there are lots of ways. Okay, so sell us one. <laughs> can we can we do it like in our basement? Like yeah. Oh yeah, I would think so. So one of the big things about um, uh, the alcohol and, and marijuana get into the bloodstream differently, mm-hmm. and um, you know the, one of the big reasons why Constellation invested four billion dollars into the cannabis industry was so they could create a research, research and development uh, industry to find out how cannabis would get in your system quicker, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, they're going to be creating the formula 
that pairs like the the, the same absorption rate of uh, of cannabis or the same absorption rate as alcohol uh, to mm -hmm. cannabis. So they're they're basically probably going to fuse those two. And I Sounds would look like for a ball. uppers and downers. Get him ball. That's another drug. <laughs> Oh. All right. Well, it sounds like everybody else here is going to plead the fifth on answering that one. The damn lawyers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> been quiet over there. Everybody's, everybody's got their careers. I'm I'll, I'll, take out my, I'll take out my ears and you guys can say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, let's go ahead and wrap it up. So, Marianne, thank you so much for, for coming on and joining us tonight uh, just for a short while. To join. I'm, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. We'd love to have you on again and uh, talk more about, you know, marijuana and the distillation. I think you're going to blow some minds there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but no, thank you again for coming on and kind of give us an idea of, you know, what's next for you and everything like that. You know, we're we're always uh, happy to have you on the show. You're a good friend of it. And we always, you know, we wish you the best of luck as well. And I'm sure this is not going to be the last time we talk to you. It's going to be relatively soon. So thank you again for coming on. Um so Ryan, Fred, another good show, but I want to pass it around to uh, the table for everybody to kind of, oh, speaking of the marijuana and bourbon, uh, catch next week's episode. It's all about marijuana and bourbon. Oh, what no shit. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot. Right I should have teed that up a little bit. <laughs> so with that, uh, Blake, go ahead and kind of round it out. Yeah, so I'm Blake from bourboner.com and also sealbox.com. Uh, let's see, bourboner, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, all the above. So far, we're not a site affected by the uh, great shutdown of <laughs> Facebook 2019. Um, and then sealbox.com, S-E-L-B-A-C-H-S. Get all your uh, craft spirits. You still have, let's see, what, two hours left to order with free shipping um, if you use Father's Day as the promo code. So Get your dad a gift. Get your dad a gift. By far the biggest plug I've given so far. So, so uh, you know, if you're listening to it on the actual podcast on Thursday, sorry, you're out of luck. But if you're live tonight, <laughs> good for you. So, Brilliant. Still have a chance. Yeah, yeah. But thanks for having me on. As always. Brian. All right. Thanks. This is uh, Brian with Sipping Corn. I'm on all the social medias at Sipping Corn. I want to give one shout out, if I can, to TJ Thompson of uh, TJ Woodworks. I'm drinking... Now a 1973 old overhaul that he sent to me. And I'm just, I'm shocked at what was a standard bourbon in the seventies is, is light years ahead of a lot of bourbon that's coming out now. So uh, TJ, thanks to TJ. Have TJ call me if he needs to get rid of me. <laughs> yeah, I'll have him give you a call. Uh, but thanks everyone on the round table. Thanks, Marianne. It's, it's always great to be on this. Fred, you're going to get five emails tomorrow. You can let, let him have a bone. <laughs> that's fair that's fair and Jordan sure this is Jordan one of the three guys from Breaking Bourbon uh, BreakingBourbon.com all the socials and Patreon at Breaking Bourbon as always a fun time looking forward to our next round table hopefully sexy XX will be on with some cheeseburgers <laughs> and booze and we'll go from there absolutely totally. <laughs> uh, Awesome. So uh, again, thank you everybody for, for joining and as well, always follow Bourbon Pursuit on all the socials plus patreon.com slash bourbon pursuit. So with that, fellas, everyone and Marianne, thank you so much for coming on tonight. This was a pleasure and we'll see everybody next week. Peace. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.